Welcome to the OIS Podcast, where you get candid conversations with the leaders and drivers of ophthalmic innovation. And now, here's our host, Tom Salemi. Welcome, OIS Podcast listeners. This is Tom Salemi. Thanks for joining us. We're going to give you a sneak peek into next week's OIS at ASRS program. Specifically, I'm talking with uh, Vikan Karagiosian today. He is the President and Chief Medical Officer of Allegro Ophthalmics. Allegro will have some positive news to release at ASRS, and he will, uh, Allegro, uh, Vikan, who will give the presentation for Allegro, will uh, hint at it and give a general update about uh, Allegro at OIS at ASRS. So we talked with him today to talk uh, a bit about that news and a bit about its financing success. It really recently raised $11 million. Finally, we talked about its future financing plans. Uh, Vikin is confident that this news will help the company raise a new round, and he and I talked about the possibility of an IPO. So I hope you will uh, enjoy this conversation with Vikin. We've had him on the podcast before. Great to have him back. Before I let you go, though, I do need to tell you the OIS at ASRS meeting is happening next week on August 10th in Boston. If you haven't signed up, you still can go to OIS.net to check out the agenda. It's really a wide-ranging agenda covering many different uh, issues within uh, retina, including uh, imaging and combination therapies and seed financing. It's it's a really broad and deep agenda, so I hope you will join us. Go to OIS.net to register, and we'll see you in Boston. Now let's uh, get into this conversation with Vic and Cargiosian of Allegro. Vikan Karagosian, welcome back to the OIS podcast. Thank you, Tom, for having me. I appreciate coming back again. It's uh, It's been a year since we talked last. Uh, we talked prior to our first OIS at ASRS, and uh, here we are coming up on uh, on our second one, August 10th in Boston, and you'll be joining us again. We're happy to, to see you there. Thank you very much. We look very forward to uh, being there again and uh, catching up again with you. Can't believe a year's gone by. I know, I know. This is a and it's it's uh, been a busy year for you for sure. And, and you had some news of late on the financing front. But let's uh, let's sort of cut to the chase. On uh, you're going to be presenting some news at ASRS, and I think hitting at it at OS OIS at ASRS. So many letters. <laughs> but can we can we maybe get a hint of the hint of the the news that you'll be releasing at ASRS today? You've got some news about the. Uh, the Del Mar, Del Mar study, and maybe within answering that up, providing that update, you can sort of bring our listeners up to speed, those who don't know Allegro that well, uh, what it is you're testing, sure. what your product is. Sure, sure. So Allegro's main product right now is an anti-anagrin drug called Luminate, and our main target uh, disease right now, that our lead candidate is Luminate for the treatment of diabetic macular edema. Uh, what's interesting is this is the first time this class of drug comes into the space. Uh, it works in a very different place uh, than anti-VEGF drugs do. With an anti-integrin drug like this, uh, it, it, it marries itself very nicely to anti-VEGF treatment in the sense that anti-VEGF keeps cleaning out the VEGF out of the eye, but you keep making more. With our drug, what's interesting is that you'll actually reach back out into the retina and turn off the production of VEGF and vessel construction. So you can sort of have your yin and yang at the same time where you can clean out the VEGF that's in the eye and then you can stop making more. Uh, that provides a very potent one-two punch in diabetic macular edema. Um, just as a review for your listeners, the Delmar study has two stages to it. Late last year, 2016, we released the first phase results, the stage one results. 
And the stage one results were basically looking at safety of luminate in DME first, dose ranging to find out what the right concentration was, and then how well did the drug work by itself in monotherapy against anti-VEGF, Avastin monotherapy. What we found last year was we found out the drug was extremely safe. We figured out that the one milligram dose was the best concentration, and we also realized that consistently the drug lasted 12 weeks in monotherapy and was potent enough to work by itself. But that was only half the equation. What we really wanted to find out in stage two, which is what we're announcing at the OIS meeting and at ASRS, is what happens if you do a one-two punch, if you introduce anti-VEGF into the system in the same eye that you're also doing Illuminate treatment. So what we're doing in stage two is exploring these other options, taking, again, the one milligram concentration that worked before as well as a half milligram injection as well, and looking at it two ways. What happens if you give Avastin and Illuminate on the same day together with multiple injections? And what happens if you start with anti-VEGF to clean out the pre-existing VEGF in the eye, and then go back and turn off more production of VEGF. So either a one-two punch on the same day, or you clean out and you turn off at the same time and see what you get. Uh, without getting ahead of ourselves, what I will tell you is we're very encouraged with the results, and we'll be presenting a, a teaser of those results at OIS, and then David Boyer will be presenting on Tuesday afternoon at ASRS as well, the, the full study of results. But um, yeah, we're very encouraged and very happy with what we see. Terrific. We're happy to, to, uh, to get the teaser. How big of a, can you tell me a bit about the trial? How large was it? How many centers uh, were involved? Yeah, sure. So stage, again, these are two parts of the same study. So stage one was uh, 32 sites all in the U.S., 136 patients enrolled. Stage two, since it's a subset, is basically the top 14 sites that enrolled from the first part came into stage two and with 80 patients in stage two. So 136 for stage one, 80 patients for stage two. Were there any uh, unique challenges or unexpected challenges to the, the stage two? Uh, things that popped up, uh, crises that you had to manage that uh, you learned anything from, anything you had to deal with? We certainly learned a lot from these studies, but no, we haven't really had any crises. In fact, there's two, there's two really important things I'd like to point out to your audience uh, for these studies. Number one, traditionally, diabetic macular edema studies for all the anti-VEGF agents are usually done in treatment-naive patients. Approximately 60% of all the patients enrolled in stage one and stage two are chronic anti-VEGF users. Now, all these are U.S. patients, so if you have a chronic anti-VEGF patient uh, coming into a U.S. study with bad enough criteria to qualify, usually means they're not doing that well on chronic anti-VEGF use. So that's very important to point out. Because we have such a different mechanism of action, we thought it was useful to take all comers, and because you have a different mechanism of action, when the doctors have a choice of what to, to try this new drug category on, they're going to try something that they don't know what to do with the, these patients, patients who've had lots and lots of anti-VEGF. So what is the next stage then for, uh, for this study? You're going to have the release of, of data at, at ASRS. We'll be looking forward to hearing from that. Where do you go from there? So where we are right now and where we will be once this data becomes public is we're in a comfortable short-term financial situation. We have everything we need to start you know, scaling up manufacturing and, and things of this nature short of the phase three studies. With the data that we'll announce 
and we won't give away which arms of the study came out best, but with the, with the positive results that we have for stage two, what we will basically do is gear up towards phase three, meaning scale up manufacturing, uh, continue our discussions with various uh, larger scale CROs, uh, meet with the, the FDA and the European authorities, and look towards phase threes for the first half of 2018. Meaning, and with that, and with those demands, either taking this public to raise those funds for phase threes or um, with a strategic financial, uh, uh, sorry, with a strategic pharmaceutical partner. Now, you just had some success on the, on the fundraising front. You uh, secured uh, $10.7 million. Uh, is that yes. the, the end? I, I was reading that, uh, is, that the, is that a final close? I was reading that you were, had been seeking slightly more, uh, or at least the documentation indicated that. Is, that. is that all you're looking to raise right now? This this raise was done before this. Again, the data hasn't been public, and sure. the data for stage two hasn't been public. And in fact, we raised this money before we we knew the data. This data this money was raised the approximately eleven million dollars just to cover our short term needs. We're very aware of the fact it won't cover our long term needs. Now right, we're going to take a quick break from this conversation with Vicken to remind you that we will be at OIS at ASRS next week in Boston. Go to ois.net to register, and we'll we'll see you in Boston. Now back to this talk about Allegro Ophthalmics. Okay, so this is the, the, so the next step for you. Let's move into the next step, and, and I'll, I'll ask you: uh, Can you reveal who your investors were in the eleven million? Who provided the eleven million? No. Okay. They, they prefer to stay anonymous. All right, we will move on from there. So, what is the next phase? You, you mentioned that uh, going public is a possibility, or working with strategic. What is that? Uh, what is that process like? Are you talking with bankers to to approach uh, to to pursue either path and and um, if you were a gambling man, and maybe you are, what would uh, what do you, which direction do you think you might go? You have to be a gambling man to be in the biotech space. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> you have no choice but to be. Um, you know, we've been through this once before. I lived through the IPO of Ista Pharmaceuticals in 1999, one of the companies we co-founded uh, back in the day. We have been for the last two years speaking to at least uh, five investment uh, uh, banking groups uh, repeatedly over the last two or three years. We've been doing the same thing with uh, at least four or five strategic pharmaceutical partners as well. And there's a tremendous amount of interest on both. And I imagine with this data, it will become even more so. I think we have a good story to tell at this point. The the data so far has been quite strong. We think people will be pleased with the stage two data as well, which makes the story even better. The markets are pretty are doing well right now. And the market for diabetic macular edema is very well defined in terms of what you can charge and how many patients there are and what the expectations are from the patients, doctors, and payers. So much of the risk has come off the table. Certainly, we still have to uh, uh, perform well in phase threes, but again and again, this drug has performed quite nicely so far. We've already treated across several indications, but primarily in diabetic macular edema, more than 400 individual patients more than a thousand intravitual injections in human eyes in the U.S. And do do you think though that phase two is enough to uh, to get on the public markets these days? I think so. Yes, I do. Yeah. I've seen people Excellent. do a lot more with a lot less. Excellent. Well, we'd love to have you uh, on our OIS index. What is uh, what is uh, happening on the other side of your, your pipeline? The Pacific trial. You would, had expected to uh, release some data, I think, in the first half of 2017. Uh, can you give us an update on that? 
Yes. Uh, with the Pacific study, which I remind everybody was, is a vitreolysis study looking at breaking down the vitreous jelly in diabetics to see if you can separate the jelly from the retina, this, this configuration change in the vitreous uh, should provide long-term protection in diabetic eyes. Uh, we have shown in the past that we can get a robust vitreolysis. We met our primary endpoint in a vitreo macular attraction study several years ago. This is, uh, this is an area that is not nearly as uh, interesting as the direct angiogenesis market is. How, with our Pacific study, um, the biggest challenge has been a novel endpoint where you have to reconcile different technologies that are imperfect. Uh, the endpoint for the Pacific trial is OCT for the central macula, but ultrasound B scan for the peripheral uh, retina. One of the challenges we've had is you can see robust vitreolysis clinically, but how you reconcile these technologies has been quite challenging and it's caused some delays in how we finalize and lock our data for the Pacific study. I imagine that we're probably about a, a quarter behind from our original expectations. That's exciting. So with with the, the, the data coming up from the stage two and, and the, the data hopefully coming up from the Pacific trial, you're right, you'll have a, a great um, uh, supply of information for investors. What do you do as a company, you've done this before, in perhaps getting it ready to go public? Do you do you have to change the the infrastructure at all? Do, does does anything change on, on the business side? Are you bringing in more people with different skill sets? What's happening now? You certainly, all of, all of the above. <laughs> you definitely, you don't want to change the mentality, but you definitely need to have things more formalized uh, and the teams will get bigger as well. Uh, right now, when as a private company, you have a lot of latitude to try this and try that. With the public company, you, everything is much more formalized. And uh, with some of these things like the Sunshine Act, you're going to have to be even uh, more thorough, more diligent, and have more resources available. I mean, just just putting an S1 together can be can be uh, quite uh, uh, a daunting experience all by itself. But again, we've done this before. It has been it has been quite a number of years since we did this, but at least. We've been through this before, and we have a very strong team. I believe that if we do go this pathway uh, of the public markets, uh, we will be uh, well prepared for it in time for our phase threes. Terrific. Well, we, we wish you the best of luck with that. I know you have limited time. I just want to ask you, uh, with ASRS coming up, you mentioned that the presentation. Anything else you want to uh, you want to tease here? Anything else going on for you next week in Boston that uh, our listeners should know about? I think the most important uh, aspect of of what we bring to the table with Luminate for DME is a whole new way to do things in the sense that if you really can turn off the angiogenesis cycle, which it appears that we can with our drug, what's interesting is you actually could change the paradigm for how you treat DME. Right now, you keep cleaning out the VEGF, but you never turn off the source of the problem. You keep having a, a, a ischemic retina, the ischemic retina keeps making all these bad things, not just VEGF, but PDGF and FGF. What's interesting with our drug is it works at a very fundamental level. One thing that's really important to understand in terms of the opportunity here is the drug binds to the retina, and it basically pushes the retina back to, to balance, to equilibrium. And when you push the retina back to balance, it stops making all these growth factors. It acts like it's not a diabetic retina any longer. What's interesting about that is when you look at where the DME can could end up going, and, and probably wet macular degeneration uh, in the same in the same vein is you might you're very likely to be able to turn this into a situation where patients come in 
you clean everything out and you calm everything down with your anti-VEGF of choice. But if you switch them over to Luminate for maintenance therapy, you may never have to go back to cleaning anything out again. As, as you turn everything off and keep everything off, you're not working downstream anymore to keep cleaning anything out because it just stays turned off. It would be quite a paradigm shift if this continues to work the way it looks like it's working. That's terrific. Now that would be a great addition. So, well, thanks so much for taking some uh, some time with us, and uh, we certainly look forward to seeing you next week at OIS at ASRS and uh, and hearing the tease of the the data at uh, OIS at ASRS, and then uh, following up with the full release at ASRS. Thanks a lot, Tom. I appreciate the opportunity. Vic and Caragiosian, thank you for joining us on the OIS podcast. We really look forward to following Allegro's news going forward. Best of luck with everything. Thank you, podcast listeners, for joining us. Do me a few favors. Give us a ranking on iTunes. Helps people find the podcast. Shoot me an email at tom at healthag.com. That is the word health, followed by the letters egy.com. Let me know what I can do better. Finally, tell your friends. If they like ophthalmology as much as you do, they should be listening to the OIS podcast. And you all should be at OIS at ASRS. It's happening next week, August 10th, in Boston. Go to ois.net, sign up, and we'll see you in Boston, my hometown. <laughs>